Welcome to the Yoga Leverty Podcast. Each week, I bring you the story of a different yoga teacher, their origins, what it was like before they taught yoga, how they got certified, and what it's like now. My hope is that through listening to this podcast or watching it, if you're on YouTube or Spotify, you will gain what you need to feel very confident to practice yoga or maybe even become certified. Everyone has a story to share. Some people's story might be like yours. Others might not. Take the time to enjoy the diversity that is teaching yoga. If you would like to become a certified yoga teacher, I invite you to check out my private one-on-one instruction online 200-hour and 300-hour yoga teacher trainings. If you're listening to this before January of 2024, I'm also offering a trip to Costa Rica as part of your online certification. Either way, I would love to connect with you. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Yoga Leverty Podcast. I am absolutely thrilled and excited today to share with you the story of Ivy Miles. It is an incredible story. And if you don't have a box of tissues, you might want to grab them and pull them next to you as you listen to this story of triumph, tribulation, and making changes in her life, overcoming big things trying different styles of yoga, and then coming out to help the world. So thank you so much for joining me today, Ivy. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I am super excited to be here and uh, feel really honored and blessed. Uh, So thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on and tell your origin story. Um, I just find that these stories are so beautiful and like listening to people and what they have accomplished is just so inspiring for people who might be struggling right now. So tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you became a yoga teacher. Absolutely. So we're going back quite a ways and I usually don't do the math, but um, (laughs) it's it's coming up to 30, 30 years uh, that I have been interested in yoga and teaching yoga. So um, I had a very young family uh, just newly married, uh, just a few years, and then you know, two young children. And I was a fitness teacher, so I taught group fitness. Mm-hmm. And you know, I did that. It was it was great to be able to exercise, to work out, to bring my kids. It was you know really easy for me at that time to you know bring the kids with and and do the thing, and then come back home. Um, and I just I I loved it. Um, but a friend of mine started talking about yoga and, you know, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, and she was also a fitness, a group fitness teacher. And I started looking into it and started reading some books and I'm like, huh, there might be something to this, but nothing was accessible at that time. You know, there was, there was no teacher trainings or yoga studios. Right. Right. Yoga Alliance didn't even exist then. No. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. No, it it, well, it wasn't at the time. So when I looked into it, I looked at a yoga school and, you know, you either had to like go there every weekend, which was not feasible for me with two young children, or you intensive was like, I can't remember, maybe two or three months, you have to go away. And I'm like, I can't do either one of these. 
And, you know, so I started just reading and using my own body as just an experiment, you know, okay, I'm going to try this posture and then go, but my clients have a shoulder issue. And so what would I do about that? So just starting to apply like anatomy to it because I, there was no formalized uh, did you trainings. did you get this book? Oh, I have that book. Yes, <laughs> I still have like a huge library of books. I, I, I love books, you know. Yeah, but, me too. Oh, definitely. And I was always um, really interested in alignment. So mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and me I too. And I didn't know about the styles of yoga. You know, there's power yoga at the time and then then you know then they didn't even call it vinyasa at the time it was just power yoga or it was or it was um iyengar or you right know, so. right right yeah back then doing the dvd or it wasn't dvds it was uh vhs tapes VHS. with, with yes. uh, patricia yes. walden yes <laughs> yes exactly yeah, i got to practice with her in person she's incredible she is. I have. She's two. incredible. Yeah, yes. you have. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's magic. Oh, she is magic. Uh, yes, yeah. I have been really blessed over the years, um, being able to <laughs> work with people and and learn from them. Um. So yeah. For people, so my... for people that don't know, Patricia Walden is one of BKS Iyengar's uh, primary students, and she owned a, a studio in Massachusetts, and she was one of the first people to really like do um tape like videotapes of teaching yoga and so a lot of us who couldn't get to classes because they didn't have them in our town studied on VHS tape with Patricia Walden and, and uh, Rodney Yee AM PM yes. yoga <laughs> oh I I have a story about him too at one of the one of his workshops which was really cracking me up but <laughs> we won't go into that now so um what interested me in yoga was that it was so different than what I was doing. But here's the kicker. I finally, and this is after maybe being interested in it for maybe nine months or so, it finally came to our, our fitness conference. There was one yoga class, one class. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this class. And I did, and I was immediately hooked. And I was hooked because I was amazed at how it really worked the body in movement, but the mindful aspects of it, I came out of that class feeling such clarity and balance and it, so internally relaxed, right? It's it, very different than fitness because fitness is like, oh, I'm burning the crazy off, but the stress of my life with two kids and all this stuff going on. Um, and, you know, my son, love him dearly, but he... Um, struggled as a child and we didn't realize until later on that he had bipolar disorder and so I was dealing with that so I came out of yoga and I noticed that when I went to interact with my children I was in a place that was so much calmer and relaxed that his energy with mine instead of like being this conflict he was more relaxed because nice yeah, I was more relaxed. And then I it got me thinking. And I'm like, oh, there is something to this yoga stuff, right? You know, and I'm like, okay, I need to know everything about it. <laughs> everything about it now. So yeah, that really hooked me. And that was that was the initial shift. Um, 
from fitness into going, you know what, this creates balance. And I'm always saying yoga to me is like the great equalizer. And I think it really is for our lives, our minds, our bodies. And so I really found that point as being like the first turning point. Like I want to teach this. I want to know about it. I want to share this with people because if, if this is making me feel so different and it's making me feel different, but not only that, it's affecting how I'm interacting with my children and it's making my children feel different, then this is huge, right? This is big. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. what um, really strikes me is that concept that a lot of people think that yoga is fitness and they associate it only with fitness. And I would say that is honestly the majority of people who don't come to yoga classes or have never been to yoga mm -hmm. or go to these more fitness-based studios. I find that, and you know, no hate on the hot yoga. I know that a lot of people do it, but I do find that the majority of people that come from the hot yoga community eschew the spiritual aspect of it. And I, when I say spiritual, I don't mean like God. I mean, a connection to higher power, what, however you define that, because the Yoga Sutra right. says that it can be any definition of Ishvara, which is the, the word for God in Sanskrit, um, that we study, we, we practice Ishvara Padinhana. So that is just like our bhakti devotion with mm -hmm. spirit. And each one of us is going to have that very individually. But yoga has that aspect of you must also connect with spirit, whatever you define it as. And Zumba certainly doesn't have that. No. And there's a place, <laughs> well, there's a place for both. Is right, the thing. right. There's nothing wrong with Zumba. A lot of people love it. But yeah, um, exactly. We have to move our bodies, of course. But right. you're right. You know, there there was a shift as I was going through like the yoga journal conferences and things. You started to notice the shift when things started mm -hmm. to filter into the fitness world. Um, and then it was, I remember sitting at a table and there was sort of a segregation between like the yogis, the fitness people. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're not two, we're not separate. We're, yeah. you know, we're, one. we're all here for the very, very same reason. Let's yeah. come together and share this. And so then it really, I felt took a few years for things to kind of shift, evolve and, and come into, um, you know, where we're at right now. But I, I do think there still is that mindset that like, there, it can be, I, you know, it's two things. I interview all kinds of people, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I interview um, a lot of younger people who are famous on TikTok and Instagram for teaching yoga. And I am a big, I, I went vegetarian when I was 11, when I read the Shivananda book and mm -hmm. I grew up on a farm. And I think that is an integral part of a, a relationship with the eight limbs of yoga and a true like finding of one of the levels of samadhi through uh, enlightenment on the earthly plane and that I you know I studied with the Dharma Mitra and he always says don't make a graveyard out of your body um, by eating animals and the the new the new yogis a, a large majority of them do not do not feel that way and I actually had someone say to me in an interview the other day that we know now that Iyengar is no longer relevant and that most of his yoga is, is, in, 
isn't good from a biomechanics standpoint. And I was like, we do know that. <laughs> we do? <laughs> I, was I, like, I wasn't aware of that. Right. And I think that the thing is that like, great, you're doing the asana, which is the third limb, but there's so much more benefit to yoga when mm. we follow these eight limbs. They were there for a reason. And exactly. Iyengar, in my opinion, is one of the foremost teachers of, of our time. Like he is the reason why we're all doing yoga. Um, and, and so like, maybe you don't want your foot to be parallel to the back of the mat. You want it to be slightly curved in and your warrior too. Great. Move your foot to what makes you comfort, but that doesn't dismiss right. everything that Iyengar ever did. And certainly if we want the benefits of a yoga practice, like when I say yoga practice, the whole encompass of it, we need to not eschew like certain parts of it just because it's inconvenient for us. And we would like to have a hamburger and a pepperoni pizza, you know? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and takes, certainly, oh, go ahead. I was going to say it takes what they call tapas, right? It's hard work. It's, yes. but there's this concept now that yoga is supposed to be easy and and it's supposed to be just relaxing. And, and that's not the yoga that I grew up with. It was like the yoga is a, is a sacrifice and requires hard work. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'll turn it back over to you. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, when I came from my fitness background, what I was interested in in the beginning was all movement. You know, it really was the asana and it wasn't much else at that time. But, you know, and, and when people... Uh, come to me and, and that's where they're at I figured well we're just going to meet them right there because they're coming right. into yoga for whatever reason right? right and hopefully then you can share the other teachings of yoga with them and, and I think that's how we all like yeah yeah we're passionate in sharing of the the yoga practice um and we can all evolve together and yeah grow and learn from each other right asana is the gateway drug okay so you're going to yoga journal conferences you're learning from all these great teachers and then what happens next um well I continued I continued doing that I tried this yoga and that yoga trying to find more of my what my voice was um in practice in the first few years it really was a lot about movement but I was um very passionate about alignment, doing things right, watching contraindications, making sure my students were safe. Um, and, and so, you know, that that went on for probably years, you know. And, and what I realized that after years of, of learning and educating myself is that I knew nothing. <laughs> Same. Right? I was like, the more I learn, the more I realize that I know very much at all about this practice and um I remember one of my friends then was really interested a different friend but was interested years later in learning yoga she's like oh you know you're onto something and then it, you know she came to me about a year later and she's like I just feel like I don't know anything and I said great you're a wonderful yogi when you can be humble enough to go I don't know at all there's so much I don't know you're going to be a great teacher. And she's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I said, it's not like you read the book, you know it all, you do the thing. It's 
it's a lifelong education and it your practice changes as the seasons of your life change right so at some point you find out that you have breast cancer absolutely and I think it was probably let's see almost nine years ago that I did and and at the time I was running my own uh yoga studio and um my mother had passed one year previous to that from the same breast cancer. Oh, wow. Yes. And it was really interesting because I knew something was wrong. But then when I went to seek out information, I was getting the, you're okay, come back in a year. That just happened to my uncle. That just happened to my uncle with colon cancer for a year and a half. He was going to the doctor saying something's not right. Something's not right. And they were like, you're just overweight. And he's like, no, I'm telling you something's not right. And he lost a bunch of weight. And then finally a year and a half in, they said, oh, you're stage four colon cancer. And now he's 54. He has a young child who's like two years old. He's newly mm -hmm. married. And, um, you know, like within the last five years. And he mm -hmm. is, it's, it's not, he's not going to make it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really sad how this happens. It's really sad, but so it you're is. going in and you're, you're telling, you're, you're talking to your doctor and they're not, you're, you know, they're not giving you the true information. So what, what happens next? Yeah. Well, you know, because I was quite aware, you know, this was my mom had passed away and she had fought breast cancer for four and a half years. It was her second round stage four at that point, but you know, 10 years previous that, to that, she had gone through her initial stage of breast cancer. So I was very aware of it and very aware of my body and, and keeping track. And, and the lump that I found in my breast, I'm like, it, this isn't going away. There's, and I kept feeling like this entire area of my body was swollen. And, oh. you know, of course, now I know my body was trying to uh, assist me in, in helping out with a tumor. Um, but, you know, I did all the things. And one of the things I was doing was infrared as well. I thought, you know, as many tools as I can have to keep track of what's going on in my body would be great. And I remember can going there. Can you explain really quickly what infrared is? Because I don't think everyone knows what that is. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, you go in and they do uh, infrared, like, an, well, I call it an x-ray. It's not really an x-ray, but um, infrared over the entire breast area. So what they're looking for is they're looking for any changes in the patterns in the body. So I had been doing this for years, like, you know, like you do mammograms. I was mm -hmm. doing this as well. And they looked at it. But when I went in, I said to them, I, I have a lump. So I told them I had a lump and I did it and got the results back. And they're like, no, there's a little bit of activity, but you're good. Come back in a year. And I'm like, no, like this is, isn't going away. And I thought maybe it would go away with my cycle because that had happened to me before and it and so um you know do you like think your the practice of yoga like taught you to know your body enough to know that there was something wrong with you I definitely feel that way I and I, I feel like too that yoga had brought me to a deeper spiritual connection for myself and I feel that the more I kept going I, I think there's something wrong instead of then 
giving over to someone going, no, there isn't anything wrong that I kept exploring it. And, and you know, mm-hmm. life gets busy. So we, we happened to be refinancing our house and we were at um, the closing and, you know, you're just signing papers, signing papers. Right. And so I looked down, it was our credit report and I looked down and all of a sudden it says um, cancer court. And we lived on Panther court. P-A-N-T-H-E-R, not cancer. And it wasn't even a a C in place with a P. It was literally C-A-N-C-E-R, court. Cancer court, cancer court, like everywhere. And I'm like, okay, this has been two months that I've been telling people that something's wrong with me. And I looked at my husband and he's like, you need to get somebody to listen. Gosh. So um, I did call my OBGYN and she knew my history. And I said, yeah, like you need to see me. There is really something going on. You know, she is just the sweetest woman. And she's like, I believe you. There's something without even seeing me. I believe you. Something's going on. Come in. So that morning, I'm like, why does this hurt too? And so I come in. Because it goes right there. Yeah, it goes into your It goes right into into your notes. Yeah, the whole body was trying to help me out. And so, you know, it had been three months by this time. And I come in and, you know, I'm a matter of fact type of person, lay it all out and let me know what I'm dealing with. And so I asked her, you know, scale of one to 10, you know, how concerned should I be? And she said 12. I said, okay. So she got me in the next very next day, ultrasound, long and short of it. I had five tumors already. Oh, I'm so glad you were very aggressive about that, about getting that seen and getting someone to see it. Wow. Wow. What did you do next? Well, so they had me in the chemo chair in less than uh, 10 days, you know, because it was so it was an aggressive breast cancer and I had five tumors already. Um, It's quite large. The one in the breast was quite large at that point. I had two in the notes. Um, and so they're like, oh, we, we need to get you in that chemo chair to shrink them right away. And then, well, then we'll talk about surgery and all these other things. It was stage three then at that point. Wow. Right. So, um, yeah, I went wow. through 19 months of chemotherapy. Wow. Three surgeries, three infections, <laughs> two and a half years of my life was moving in and out of dealing with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you have a mastectomy and everything? I did. So after the first couple months of chemotherapy, as they're trying to shrink it, they went in and I had opted to do a double mastectomy because I knew of my mother's history and I knew how this worked. And I knew that if this was going to be the long haul, I don't want to be finished with all of this. I want to get on with my life. Yeah. I want quality of life and I want to start all over with the other breast. So I opted for a double mastectomy. Wow. Wow. What was that like emotionally, like dealing with that on an emotional level? Like how did you, we, we identify. So, I mean, I'm a woman, I live in Las Vegas. We, I identify with my breasts in a big way, <laughs> you know, yes. how, like how do you, how did you shift that identification? What was that like going through that? So initially, you know, I, I'm kind of 
have always been a fighter and a go-getter and, you know, just do, you know, you do the thing, whatever you need to do. And so initially it was like, well, I'm just going to do that one mastectomy because that is the best option. And I had asked too, you know, can you save the breast? Can you do this? And all the, all the things were no, 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 no. We have to do at least a single mastectomy. So I, I chose the double. So I thought, okay, so symmetry, you know, was thinking in my mind, or I don't know why I was thinking that I want symmetry in the breast and I don't want to deal with this again. And initially that was the decision. I was okay with it. It was great, but I have to tell you after the fact, because I went nine months without anything. And, you know, for the viewers that don't understand, it's not just being flat, it's being concave. And then you have all this skin so, and, and they take everything. So you're only left with skin and that is it. And that was really difficult for me in the beginning. I really had to work on that internally and that healing from that. And even my relationship with my husband, I was like, how is this going to work? And it really was more me than him because he's not going to leave me. But in my head, I'm like, oh no, I'm not a woman. <laughs> right. He's, he's going to leave me, you know, he's going to leave me or he's going to gravitate and, and gravitate to another woman, you know, with beautiful breasts. And, and that was the reality of my thought process and, and not the reality of his thought process. It was not, right. it was all me. Right. Like projection. Would, we project. Would, we project. Yeah. And he's he, not even that, that type of person or man, you know, but it, it was all on me. And so I, yeah, I had to do yeah. a lot of healing and it, it took a long time to, um, yeah, to do that. And I remember saying to my friends, because at first they were kind of cautious to talk about things and you know how women are when we're in class. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all and we talk about our breasts. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I said, it doesn't bother me. And honestly, here's what I have to say to you. Enjoy your breasts. Like you literally have to love them, love them up. And so that didn't hurt me. It actually made me feel like I was still, you know, part of that whole as a woman that they could talk about these things with me still, you know, even though. I was in, in a different place. And, and I said, no, you just need to enjoy those breasts. <laughs> One thing I notice is that um, people respond to trauma in different ways and a very common way to respond to trauma. And this is how I do it as well. I'm, I'm exactly like you in this way is that um, when something happens, my warrior spirit comes out and yes you handle it like at the time and you're like, these are the solutions that we need to do. This is how we need to handle it. This is the next choice that needs to be made. And we don't think at all about what's happening and we don't experience the emotional aspect of it. And then after the main mm -hmm. trauma is over and our nervous system relaxes, all of a sudden the gravity of what has just happened hits us and it's then that's when the self-doubt comes in, the depression, the um, release, and just going through the stages of grief. 
you know, but you, in the beginning, so many people are just like function, function, function. So it makes a lot of sense that after you go through this, then that's when you're like, oh my God, oh my gosh, what has just happened to me? This is, you know, like, yeah, that's very intense, very intense experience. And yoga was such a big part of this because, you know, here I am, I'm running a studio and it's all about, you know, moving and, and helping other students. And, and to me, I thought, well, okay, so, but this, you know, can I treat myself like my own student? Can I treat myself like my own client? And I was very open to my, you know, once I knew that the, what was going to happen, once I had the diagnosis, um, I was very open to my students. I said, you know, I'm going to be open. If you want to ask me questions, feel free. I'm not going to talk about it while I'm teaching. The teaching is going to be about you. I'm going to do my very, very best to continue on because I think it's important, the social aspect, the community aspect, um, the movement, the breath work, things like that. And I, and I told them there might be things that I might not be able to do at some point, but I can always still coach you. And so I, I really did get a mixed reaction. Um, I had about 10 people leave my studio, the first announcement and not ever come back. Wow. It's so, I owned a studio for many years and it's so interesting, the judgment, but I think it comes from personal fears and and it's like a reflect like everything have you read the four agreements by miguel ruiz of course yeah (laughs) and it's he talks about how we see everything through our own filter and each person is seeing the world through their own filter and for whatever reason their filter became fear when that happens to you and it wasn't even happening to them so wow that's really that's really intense um Mm-hmm. well yeah it you know I've had like just the craziest as a yoga studio owner I, I'm actually really grateful I don't own a studio anymore um I sold it in 2018 but um there there were things that you so many people come to yoga and what they really need is counseling they need talk therapy with a <laughs> with a therapist that like is certified to help them and these doctors and people their friends are well-meaning and they just say go to yoga and then you have these people coming in with these like serious mental health issues right, and right. I actually am trained to do that I worked as a, a mental health case manager straight out of college I have degrees in um, women's studies and English literature and I worked at a battered women's shelter and then I worked with people who had bipolar schizophrenia personality mm-hmm. disorder helping them move from the state mental hospital into their own housing but I didn't enjoy that work. Um, I, I liked working with the clients, but long, I didn't like working with administration. It's a very heavy in um, a lot of um, rules and personalities. And I didn't really like that. But um, but I don't think that the yoga space is a space for that. So I don't like, it's for self-healing. Like yoga right. is for self-healing and finding your mm-hmm. own. I don't I don't find that yoga teachers, unless they're certified counselors, need to be like projecting their, their, their feelings about the world onto their students. But I know that you actually are certified in yoga therapy. Is that yoga therapy, like physical therapy, or is that yoga therapy, talk therapy? No, not, no, not talk therapy, Um, yoga therapy. um, Physical. 
physical therapy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, and not, and not just physical. I mean, you know, we work with the subtle bodies and, and try to pull everything together. Like you were talking about earlier, like the limbs of yoga and things like that, looking at the imbalances and then trying to serve the client the best that you can um, so that they can self-heal. Right. Right. So they again, can self-heal. Just like right. the Buddha says, the answers are all within you. Yes. I can't give you the answers. And I think a lot of people would come to my yoga studio because they wanted to be me. They wanted mm -hmm. what I had <laughs> right. and they weren't willing to do the work that it took to get to be me. Um, mm -hmm. But also mm -hmm. recognize that all of us have a very different path. Mm -hmm. We all have a very different path. We, you know, like my path is unique to me and your path is right. unique to you. And, and we're all just like individual lotus flowers floating around on a pond of some. <laughs> trying to well, trying to thank, like bloom <laughs> and thank goodness that we are all different right because how if we were all the same how can we learn from each other how can we right. grow how can, you know we experience wouldn't even be interesting differently yeah it right it wouldn't where would be so, the beauty <laughs> do you still own your studio actually i just closed it two months ago oh so, wow we decided when COVID hit, which was a very difficult time. I oh, had a very I can't small studio um, in Wisconsin, and we decided to move out west. So we moved to New Mexico. Oh, we're welcome. Live. Welcome to our states. I love it Thank out here. Thank you. I love it out here, too. But we were going to um, kind of go back and forth, and then we decided that we we're going to do it permanently. And so I did run the studio. For a little bit of time, long distance, and that just really didn't work out very well. And so I thought, I don't need this stress. I'm going to close the studio. And it probably was the best decision, but you know how that is. It's a difficult decision to make. I went back and forth for a long time. And we recently moved back. We had been living on a sailboat. After I sold the studio, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm yeah. not teaching yoga anymore. <laughs> right. I'm done. And I took three years off from teaching yoga entirely. And um, I just started teaching again two years ago. And I teach, I would say 99% online. I do have an in-person online yoga teacher training coming up in Boulder City in March of mm -hmm. 2023. And then I'm doing an in-person in Costa Rica in January of 2024. Wow. But um, yoga teacher training, yeah, I love Costa Rica. I've trained people there. Before. It's amazing. It's great. But um, but I, otherwise, I just work online with people privately one-on-one -on -one, um, mm -hmm. and do one-on-one -on -one yoga teacher training. But that's what you're doing now, too. You work with people privately one-on-one -on -one, or do you do group? How does it work? Tell me about what you're doing now. Yes, I am doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one, um, online. So I have sort of breathed life into my online <laughs> programming, which takes a little bit of uh, learning. So there's a big learning curve there because I really was not involved with too yeah. much online when I had my studio. Yeah. I, I didn't, it just, um, the clients that I have, they weren't online a lot and it was all in person. Um, so now I'm trying to take some of that programming and create courses and things like that. So I'm still in that process, but I do work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, certainly um, via Zoom. And um, I do have a group program that I do, and I have a one-on-one -on -one program that I do. And, and it's really all about creating balance and, and 
you know, like we've talked about, allowing people to see where their imbalances are and where their limiting beliefs are and, and help them to know how to self-heal, right? To, to move forward in life for, with more joy and abundance and create that balance and that uh, sense of life that they're really looking for, the things that they feel like they're missing, right? Um, and, and I work because of my breast cancer experience, I work a lot of times with other women that are going through treatments. Mm. Um, and we work on the subtle bodies because I, I feel like in our society, there's so much focus on, especially if you're having disease in the body, you're so focused on the physical aspect of it. You know, and, and for me, my philosophy is then from the physical, you have to work backwards, right? You're so physical, energetic, and you're just working backwards into those subtle bodies. And, and, and that's really how we heal because we know that that, that disease in the body didn't start in the physical body. It just ended up there. Right. So we have to do something about that, but that's sort of the approach that I took with my breast cancer. I kept thinking, how am I going to heal myself enough to, move into this world and to continue to live on this earth for a while. My work is not done. My prognosis when I came out like two and a half years later or, or whenever they, they deem you clear, I guess, is after the, the chemotherapy. But my oncologist looked at me and said, because of the aggression of your cancer and the type of cancer in this stage, it'll probably be back in a year or two, stage four. Wow, but it wasn't. I'm still clear. Seven years, years now. Years later, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So <laughs> if if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching us on YouTube and you want to really start to work on that transformation, um, you can do Ivy's 90-day transformation, trans 90-day transform your life program. It's a mm -hmm. private coaching program that walks through mindset, movement, and meals to detox mm -hmm. from limiting belief systems that are holding you back um, and learn to nourish your mind and body, bringing you into soul alignment, which is just absolutely incredible and a really fantastic um, offering. Um, what what would it be like? What's the experience like if when someone joins uh, your your 90 day program? What what does what does it what does it feel like to go through that? So first of all, I love the work. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I love seeing the transformation at the end of the 90 days. And a lot of times the clients will continue to work with me after that 90 days. But I certainly meet the clients exactly where they're at. So I say mindset and movement and meals because there might be one aspect of their life that they, you know, they're, they're great in, you know, they've already got it going on. And, and so why fix something that's not broken? Right. I so I really assess, you know, and again, I did this with myself. I assessed the subtle bodies. I assessed imbalances and said, okay, these are the areas that we need to work on. And because everyone's an individual, it doesn't mean that everyone needs those specific things to be worked on hundred percent. They might need a tweak here or just a, a shift in a mindset there for something else. You know, maybe they need to shift their mindset about food or shift their mindset about movement. So, you know, it all comes together. And, and a lot of this um, how we approach life comes from our environment, how we grew up, 
you know, what has happened, experiences in, in our life, how we're thinking, that belief system. So we, we kind of go back to the psychology of it a little bit, you know, and, and I'm not certified in that, but what I'm saying is we look at the thoughts and what they're believing, and then how can we work with that to shift the mindset into a more positive way to change their life, to really transform their life so that they're finding that balance, right? And they're finding that alignment with their self and with their soul and with connection, um, whether it's connection to source their own belief systems um, and connection with others. Um, so yeah, so that's what I do. I, I just meet them where they're at and then we just start to go through the program. We work on things that need to be worked on and it's very intensive. So I, I don't take on a lot of clients at once. Um, because it's intensive for the clients. It's also intensive for me. I try to really put in my all, like doing research on the side and things like that, just to make sure that um, I'm doing my best service for them. And um, I, I, I speak to a lot of people who have a lot of different programs. And one thing that I think that um, Ivy has that a lot of the people I speak to don't is a long wealth of experience and um, understanding of the yoga practice from a number of world-renowned teachers. So if you are thinking about making a life transformation, I I personally, having spoke to many, many people, it sounds like you are one of the most qualified people that I have ever spoken to. So definitely um, reach out to her on Instagram at ivy.miles. And um, you have a website as well. It is, um, what's your website? Ivy Ho Ivy's okay. Holistic Arts. Yes, Ivy's Holistic Arts. Exactly. And I yes. will um, put that in the description below that you can click on it. And before we go, one last, one last thing. If you could leave um, aspiring yoga teachers or yoga teachers with one word of advice what would that, what would you, what one piece of advice would you give to everyone listening? Um, again, I always think that yoga is a great equalizer. And if you're interested in teaching or you're interested in just the practical aspect of it, please know that it's not about perfection <laughs> and it is not that you're not good enough for it. It, it is truly a place that can evolve and grow with you and help to improve all aspects of your life. I mean, it's it's the most beautiful thing that I am so honored to be involved with. And I have seen changes um, in many people's lives, but you have to take that pressure off of you because, um, you know, when I came off of my mastectomy, I couldn't even do child's pose again. So I had to rehab. When I came off of my... Uh, first reconstruction surgery, couldn't do child's pose again. I rehab myself back. So, I mean, yoga is there for you and, and you just, it changes, it evolves and you take what you need when you're on the mat. And then you take that aspect of whatever is going on for you and you take that off the mat. So, I mean, it, it comes into our life. 
So I, I think that sometimes we just give ourselves too much pressure. Like we don't look like the girls on IG doing the <laughs> yoga poses. I definitely don't. I don't look like that either, but I have been doing this for a long time and I will continue to do it because it has saved my life. But, you know, we, we put that pressure on ourselves. You know, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to teach or edit. it's a skill. You learn a skill, you grow, you evolve, you connect with people that are positive, that can support you, which is super important, right? Like your teacher training program, right? You're a very positive spirit. So you want to continue to connect with people like that, that are going to help guide you in that positive way. And, and then you'll find your space. You'll find your voice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I absolutely appreciate you for coming onto the podcast. This has been a really great experience, a really awesome discussion. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this with the world. Again, if you would like to reach out to Ivy, you can go to at ivy.miles on Instagram, or you can check out any of the links below about her. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you can also check it out on YouTube, see the video and see what everybody looks like. And (laughs) definitely hit the subscribe button and share this with your friends who could use the uplift. We'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you so much for joining us at the Yoga Liberty podcast. Can't wait to join you next week for another exciting podcast. If you haven't yet, check out my online 200-hour or 300-hour yoga teacher training. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you.